All right, Rob, so it's been our third night out here, and we still have not seen this supposed creature that stalks the Boggy Creek area. I'm starting to think it doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm feeling kind of bummed. I thought the first night we would at least be able to hear something, but we got nada. Nothing. No, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to think that we just drugged this tent and all this equipment around for no reason. And I am so tired. I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. We had, like, we rented all kinds of gear just to, like, at least even get a glimpse or a sound of this creature. And I'm feeling very discouraged at this point, you know? Oh, I know. Yes, exactly. I'm just, I'm aggravated and I'm fatigued and I'm just tired. I'm just, right now, I'm just over all of this. I, I don't know. I don't mean to sound disheartened, but, like, I thought we at least, like, like you said, like, here's something. I mean, like, everybody in town's like, talking this up. So I'm like, I thought we'd just, like, walk out the first day and there would be just standing there looking at us or something. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. We got nothing. Right. We we don't. Mm. I don't know. But, oh, man, I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to go down to the creek and, you know, All take right. care All of right. business. I, I'm just, I'm going to lay here, my friend. If, okay. if I'm asleep, don't, I'll just, I'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Okay. Uh, wow. That that took a little longer than expected. What? What do you? What do you mean? You. What is that smell? Just, I thought that was you, and I thought you've already come back in this tent. Uh, no. So, but, God, it smells awful. It's it's like a I, dead skunk. Yeah, I swear I thought that was you. I thought you took your shoes off. There's, um, Rob, I think there's something else in this tent besides you and I. Turn the oh, lamp man. on. Do you mind turning the lamp on? Yeah, hang up. Let me see if, okay. There, there we go. Ah! Ah! What the? Ah! Holy Holy cow. cow. Did you get a look at that thing? Uh, just barely. It was like a brown blur. Oh, my God. Like, so, okay, I get why they call him Bigfoot, but did you see, like, what he was packing? I think he's, like, more like a Sasquatch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. All right, so there's our sighting. We're good to go. Here in this primitive river-bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer, duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas, say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954. And that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded. Ow! 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 
Boggy Creek, rated G. All right, welcome back, you Midnight Mass Creature Casters, for another episode of the show. This time we are doing a listener pick. This is for Tim. Uh, he wanted us to do The Legend of Boggy Creek from 1972. I am Mark, and I'm always joined by the ever-awesome... I am Rob. Yes. Or am I? So, or are you? I was wondering <laughs> because you're just like head to toe hair. So I did, wasn't sure if I was being joined by a different co-host this week. You know what I did? I I took a bath in hot glue <laughs> and, and then I rolled around in cat hair. <laughs> it is a look. I'll tell you that right now. It is a look. Um <laughs> So, uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, now, I, me, myself, am so glad that Tim wanted us to cover this because I absolutely love this movie. Um, I saw this when I got to thinking, I think I spoke out uh, uh, incorrectly. I don't think Little Fat Mark saw this. I think it was just Little Mark because I didn't become Fat Mark until second grade. <laughs> I think I saw this before I was even in second grade. I was... Uh, I was reading the story on your Instagram about it. Oh, yeah. No, I was a little kid. I don't even think I put on weight yet. I think I was skinny, Mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you uh, guys watched it from the safety of your own personal hiding spots. Yes, it was horrifying. Um, so my cousin, he's a little older than me. Um, we were both into these kind of things. Uh, we were in the country, which made this even worse. Um, and yeah, they had like, Played it up like a, the movie commercials. It's going to be on. It's going to be on. It's going to be on. And uh, so eventually it came on. And like just from the beginning, it was just too much for me to take the atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> just the thought of this creature out there in the woods. You know, I just it was so intense for little Mark at the time. Um, and I remember watching most of it from the like around the arm of the couch. Um, okay. And we just like dispersed. There was my cousin, Mike, and then his sister, Kelly, who was younger than me. Uh, and just, we watched it from different parts of the, of the living room. We were just so petrified, uh, <laughs> terrorized me, terrorized me for years. So um, that hit, that one hit a little too close to home for you. Oh yeah. You, Bigfoot just, there was just something about Bigfoot that just, it was horrifying to me. <laughs> But like, yet it drew me. I can't explain. Like, I ha I've always had this weird relationship with horror. Mm -hmm. um, like, it traumatized me, but I always came back for more. Like, <laughs> right? It never, like, there was never that I should stop this. <laughs> exactly. It, there's something really wrong with us. <laughs> We're just we keep running toward it and getting the life scared out of us, and then oh, we yeah, run back yeah. toward it. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, now, when did you first see this uh, wonderful piece of? documentary filmmaking well i gotta tell you i remember seeing this way back there in the day right i was uh living out there in them hollis and uh no um i, I saw it last night for the first time okay yep, that for the does first not time surprise ever. me <laughs> did you know this existed no i did not okay yeah um so the the film came out in 72 it was a huge hit with like the drive-in crowd um, i can see that Oh yeah, like I'm talking like huge hit. Um, what it, I think it costs like a hundred thousand to make, and overall it took over like twenty five million. Which, if you adjusted that for like twenty twenty inflation, that would be like one hundred and fifty million that this thing made. Um, Not bad. Every, 
everyone in it, there were like no actors. They were like people just reenacting their encounter with the creature. So there really wasn't like, you know, you didn't have Fair Fawcett versus Bigfoot, which would have been amazing <laughs> in my book. Um, you just have locals, that. you know, portraying themselves. So yeah. there really wasn't like a high cost in this. And I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, the effects weren't that stellar. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't call it effects even. You know? <laughs> Um, so really like it was just kind of pure profit for, uh, Charles B. Pierce, the director of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, I mean, say about it what you will, it was kind of a big deal. Well, I think it was, um, what was it? It was like, uh, the 10th highest grossing movie of 1972. Hmm. Yeah. It did like very, very well. Um, which I think is amazing, but anyway, um, it is also like, kind of like the first of its kind, as far as like a full length. Like I'm using kind of like air quotes, I guess, documentary type like horror film. Like this was like way before like they attempted anything like with Blair Witch, the last broadcast or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, did pretty good for Mr. Pierce. Um the basic premise is that there's this creature like in Texarkana, which is like the Arkansas, Texas border. Uh, it uses like the water is almost like a uh like a a pathway to go back and forth between like the town and then the woods where it like exists. Yeah. Uh, now for some reason, I don't quite know how they know this, but they're making out like there's only the one creature and he's so very lonely. Um, and Interesting. Yeah. there's not a bunch of them. There's just the one. Uh, and it's then the different like uh, interactions or altercations he has with the townsfolk throughout the film. Right. And I wonder how they know that it's just the one. Like I, Right. I, I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> I do love now. I mean, a gullible child in 70. I probably saw this in 74. So and I was born in 67. So I I was a child. Um, when you put true story on there, that's all I needed. It was a true oh, story. There yeah. Was no, yeah. I mean, it was fact for little Mark. Yep. Um, so that, that would have been just, me, too. Like, I always <laughs> hated going in the woods, but for a different reason, because I thought that Jason lived there. Um, and so that, that was me. I didn't have any Sasquatch, uh, horror stories. I, I had like uh Friday the 13th horror stories. Okay. See, so mine was not Jason. Mine was Leatherface because I was also younger when that one came out. And again, it came out or at least like the, it may have been a re-release or something, but they were playing trailers or TV spots for that. And so I also assumed that Leatherface was somewhere out in the woods behind my grandparents. Really? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That that one petrified me too. The TV spots for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah, like I every time you sure. heard a chainsaw, did you piss your pants or something? Yeah, I just that one did not. I just couldn't handle that one either. I just, I just those woods were just horrifying, and they were like close. I, I need to I need to stress <laughs> how close the woods were to my grandparents' property. <laughs> <laughs> so summers were fun, but also very traumatic for little Mark. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really what, I mean, it's kind of a clever premise that if you look back on it, cause really he's just taken these different uh, people, locals, and he's just kind of linked their stories together mm -hmm. um, in a long format um, with a person in a, a Bigfoot Sasquatch costume. Yeah. More or less. 
And it's kind um, of based on the perspective of the the guy who does the narration, right? Yes, and 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 um, the narrator is Vern Stearman, S T I E R M A N N, um, and I'm pretty sure that the actual person is supposed to be Mr. Pierce, the director. Um, hmm. Does that make sense? So, like, the narrator is a different person, but he's actually supposed to be the director. Oh, really? Yes. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? So like. Yeah, it does. Like, but I I thought like the guy who was doing the narration was actually the little boy running through the fields. I um, think the little boy running through the fields is supposed to be Mr. Pierce. OK, that that makes more sense now. But it's not Mr. Pierce's voice. No. It's this Vern Stearman or Styerman. Yeah. Maybe voice. Mr. Pierce had like such a horrible, like thick accent that he was like, maybe I need somebody with a with a better voice to kind of narrate this for me <laughs> but he doesn't because he made a sequel to this and he stars in it so i don't understand the whole narrative i wonder if it was easier for him as a director to have someone else do that maybe oh, i don't know okay or maybe the Just studio like- had other ideas and then when he got like when when the second one was released maybe he had more control over it yeah, that may have been the case. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know that really there were studios involved in any of these things. I don't think. I think they're all just kind of he did it, I think. Huh. Because, um, you know, this was I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Um, this was actually like lost for quite a long time. Um, the because uh, it was for. So when films would go to drive ins, they would often be like chopped up and stuff like that. And so Mr. Pierce actually didn't have one with a good sound quality. And his daughter, Pamela, actually found that the British Film Institute in England had two, like, pristine copies. And so they were able to release this on Blu-ray in 2020 because the sound quality on all the other ones was so bad they couldn't release it. Oh, Um, yeah. Because this one, the one that I saw on Amazon Prime, it was the uh, 4K version. And it was, like, the sound quality was... I mean, just like right there in your face. It didn't sound like it didn't sound like it came from the 70s at all. Everything was even and like it was right there. Whereas, you know how when you watch those old films, sometimes the sound is very uneven and it's like in one on one speaker and then another speaker like the left or right. It it moves to the left or to the right. Or they'll be saying something. Their mouth will be saying something and then the sound's just a little off one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, totally out of sync. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I don't mind that sometimes to me, it adds to the whole like flavor of things. But yeah, um, <laughs> those Kung Fu movie vibes. Uh, right. Right. Um, now. The director, he's had a couple other films. Um, just real quick. Uh, so he did one called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Um I don't know if you're familiar with this one either. What's interesting though is so the killer in it wears like a almost looks like a pillowcase over his head with like holes like cut or burnt into it so he could see out of. Like Jason, right? Exactly. But it came out before Friday the 13th Part 2. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It came out in 76. But that's actually about um a series of murders. Uh there were five murders in Texarkana in 1946. And he did that movie based on that. Um, okay. That movie stars Don Wells, who is uh, Marianne from uh, Gilligan's Island. 
Um, and also had Andrew Prine, who was Simon King of the Witches, which is a great movie for anybody out there wanting another recommend. And he also did The Evil, which I really want to cover with you sometime on here. It's like a haunted house one. Um, and then he did one called The Norseman. It's about Vikings from 1978. It has Lee Majors in it. Um, the Bionic Man. I don't know if you knew. Farrah Fawcett's husband. Oh, uh, yeah. Ex-husband. I yeah. saw the. That's not the six million dollar man. That's just the bionic. No, it is a $6 million man. You're correct. You're totally correct. Yes, you're absolutely correct. But what's great about the Norsemen? Okay, so people do what they can with what they have budgetary. But so it's a Viking movie, but every now and then you'll see like an airplane fly across the screen. (laughs) 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 Things like that, or like telephone lines will appear, you know? Um, So that's really great. He also did another one called um, The Evictors in 1979. It's got Vic Morrow, and he's the gentleman um, that actually had that horrible plane accident from um, the Twilight Zone movie. Okay. Um, And then Jessica Harper from Suspiria. She's in that film. Um, And then, of course, he did Boggy Creek 2, The Legend Continues from 1983. That one stars him. Now, okay, so... This one is supposed to be more based on fact. Mm-hmm. Boggy Creek 2, it's all made up. He plays like a, uh, a like a almost like a cryptozoologist professor going back to like, you know, track Bigfoot and stuff. In this one, though, his wife at the time is also in the film and his son plays a character in the movie as well. Um, but I kind of want you to watch that one because there's an actress named Serene Hedden in it and she plays Tanya Yazel. But I, I would be curious to get your spin on her because I think she might be your type. And okay. I just wonder what you think of her. But anyway, yeah, um, I saw the. I was, I'm here on IMDb and it, on the Legend of Boggy Creek page, and right after the trailer for the first one played, they played the trailer for the second one, and it seems like lots of gunfire, and you actually get to see the face of the Sasquatch. Um, yeah, it's so. pretty fun for what it is. Vinegar Syndrome actually put out a, a Blu-ray just a little bit ago that looks really good of it. Um, now, the actress I'm talking about in the trailer, she more than likely probably has a uh, remember like when those head they were headbands, but they were like bandanas that were twisted together. Yes, like I know so what that, you're talking about. That would be the actress that I wanted to know what you thought of her. Um, but anyway, um, now. I I didn't realize this until I did some research on this film because we were covering it. I had seen Return to Boggy Creek from 1977, and I didn't realize that Mr. Pierce had nothing to do with that movie. It's atrocious. It has Dana Plato from uh, The Facts of Life. Oh, no, no. Good. Different strokes. <laughs> so there's a so Return to Boggy Creek is not a sequel in, in the sense that. Um, Okay, so Boggy Creek 2 is not Wait, I'm mixed Wait, up. Boggy Boggy Creek 2 is Mr. Pierce's sequel that he directed himself. Okay, yeah. And so the Re- Return to Boggy Creek that would be something that he had nothing to do with, right? Exactly. And it's horrible. It's atrocious. <laughs> I I don't recommend anyone watch it unless you like are a die-hard completist. It's not very good at all. It also has Don Wells who is Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Um, but in this one like there's these like three kids. It's like a, I think it's like a hurricane and uh Bigfoot actually like saves them. It's very Disney. It, it's not, <laughs> not good at all. I do not recommend it. Um, Harry and the but, Hendersons. 
<laughs> yeah, I just I because I love the first one so much. And then I remember I I like got a hold of this and I was so excited and I watched it. I'm like, no, no, I felt like my childhood memories had been like destroyed. <laughs> Somebody just came in your childhood and just like stepped all over everything. Yeah, it was just not what I wanted for a follow up at all. Now, apparently now these I I can't really address because I've not seen either one. But there was a remake in 2010, apparently. Um, oh, we should probably check that one out. I don't know that we should. Walt was reading it to me. It sounded not very good, but we could if you wanted to. And then apparently there's a 2016 uh, documentary, I guess, based on. I, I'm not sure if it's based on the making of this film or if it's actually based on the whole Boggy Creek mythos. Oh, but that's from okay. 2016. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then I guess the only other little factoid I have is that the participants in this didn't get paid and they had to sue to get paid. Ooh. So they got a settlement of 90,000, but by the time all was said and done, every participant only walked away with a thousand dollars. That's so foul. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really all the trivia for the film and everything. Um, and then really going into anybody, Mr. Pierce is the only one I have to talk about because like everyone else, portrayed themselves and no one really went on to have like an acting career per se. Mm -hmm. They were just, you know, the people involved. Um, so now what did you, this was your first time seeing it and you're, you're a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of it at all? Was it hard to sit through? It, it was, it's hard to stay engaged with this. Okay. I was um, wondering. And I think it might be just because of the way that my mind is where I need to I need to constantly be engaged with something. Um, and so I noticed myself dropping off quite a few times and just like drifting into thought or wanting to like get up and go do something else. Uh, it's not because like I thought it was bad. It's just it was so hard to stay engaged for, uh -huh. throughout this. Um, so this uh, one hour and 26 minute movie ended up taking me about four hours to finish. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now with me, not only like the childhood memories, but they, the people in the film, um, and I don't mean this disparagingly at all. They remind me of my mother's side of the, of, of her family. Um, Cause they, they're from the country. So it almost is like being reunited or like spending those summers back again, because, you know, they have the accents and stuff. And hmm. there's something about that. I thought this, this movie to me is like a warm blanket in a way. It's just so comforting. Oh, um, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not for everyone. I get that, but there's something about this movie that I just absolutely love. Um, I, um, I kind of appreciate the genuineness that everyone's approaching this with. Like there's no like hint of irony or anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just <laughs> in the, like um, in the dramatizations that they were right, doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some of yeah. them, some of them were like completely hilarious. And I just like, I really enjoyed that. Like when the kids are dragging the mother out to the woods um because they saw a monster and then you know she's like there's nothing out here and and then like you know the the boggy creek monster steps out from behind a tree <laughs> and then she's like ah! yeah no i love it i love it well um, so 
it, it's really just like little vignettes kind of strung together. Yeah. Is what it is with different people. So in the beginning, like you said, it's the little boy who's supposed to be the narrator, who I'm pretty sure is supposed to be Mr. Pierce. Um, and he's just like running like mad through this field mm-hmm. to get to town to tell the landowner of his prop of his mom's property that the hairy creature's back again. And the guy's just like, whatever, I'm not concerned. <laughs> yeah, he's too they were too busy talking about. I don't even remember what the hell they were talking about, actually. Uh, Yeah, no, they're just talking about like, I think like hunting or something. But now to me, I found it terrifying because the the little boy then runs back home and it's becoming sunset. Yeah. You know what else bothered me about that? That he was running through this really tall grass. And, you know, I've got a thing about like the tall grass because I had an, an incident, you know, as a kid going to Maine, walking through tall grass. And like having spiders all over me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it's just like seeing him run through that. I'm like, no, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) That just brought up like some bad memories there. Yeah. I think, I think it was wheat. I think he was running through a wheat field. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which I, the reason I know this is because my grandfather was a wheat farmer and we had wheat farm. uh, The wheat field was right on the other side (laughs) of my grandparents' house. Boy, you're just, you're having some bad memories too. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought how horrifying for this kid to have to like run back with the sun setting, knowing like what, I don't know what's out there. Um, And then we get a little bit of exposition that the population of uh, Texarkana is only 350 people. So it's a teeny tiny town. Um, They have like a post office and like two cafes and it's basically just a couple of stores and some homes. So it's not like a big sprawling populace. It's a teeny tiny town. Yeah, it's rural as hell. Yeah. And it's mainly like the people like enjoy fishing and hunting, which again, puts them like right there with the creek and right there with the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think I pay more attention to these things than you. So I you're just going to have to humor me on some of this stuff. But the first person we talked to is like Smokey Crabtree. Did you notice Smokey's like really like way out their hat and i'm like this man should not be wearing a hat like this it was like really bright and vibrant and it almost looked like a little girl's hat oh I'm like, wait ah. that was the guy he was unloading things from his truck right yeah i'm like how did Smokey acquire this hat <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a pretty strange hat like was it a hunter's cap but it was just ah. like had some for a dazzling... gay man, like for a gay man, I don't know who it was for. It's very odd because, like, everything in the woods would see you coming a mile away. Yeah, because <laughs> it was yeah. like bright with I think it had flowers and stars on it and like rainbow pattern. And <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even get into all that. I know it had like some pink stuff on it, and yeah, it was so uh, bizarre. It, it was definitely yeah. a very, very flamboyant kind of hat. It was. And then uh, and then I love how they made a point to mention that he had a son named Travis and they were uh, Travis was a bear trapper, a beaver, beaver, not a bear, a beaver trapper. He was a bear trapper. (laughs) (laughs) Call back, call back to when the bear got killed by the piano in in Wishmaster. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But I like what like how different is that? Like, so here's this 18 year old who like traps beavers. And then there's people who like never in a million years would be like, I'm going to go trap some beavers today. Yeah. yeah. I know. I just love the juxtaposition to like what audience members may be exposed to, to what these people are exposed to on an, a daily basis. Um, 
I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. Um, and then, so like everything is like different people in the community. And then there's like, a, you get Willie Smith, who is actually the owner of the property that the little boy came to. And he hears the dogs barking and everything. So even he's experiencing some of these uh, uh, visits by the uh, creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then who else we get? Oh, uh, John Hickson, who is the one who gets, uh, uh, who shoots at the creature and then he wounds it and it runs off. But he, he makes he's like the, the, it was on two legs. It wasn't running off on all fours. Mm-hmm. It ran yeah. off on two legs. Um, and uh, which is that okay? No, I'm thinking of the other guy that one of the Crabtree kids visits on a boat and brings him like tobacco and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So when we yes, when we get to that, Rob, I mean, uh, Walt was saying because <laughs> the guy mentions that he shot his foot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and they keep talking about uh, the the creature only his 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 footprint only has three toes. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I was thinking that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's the guy that shot his foot. He, he turns into monster. he turns into like a wolf at night and just prowls yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, and then the um, they're like really playing up like the strength of the creature because the one guy I think it was like Mr. Oates. Uh, oh, he has yeah. these like giant pigs yeah they're like 200 pounds each and then he like found them like dead and he moves them to another part of his property and then goes back to i guess bury them or do something and then like the creatures just carried them off they're gone right they're he gone. says now who who in the hell could pick up like 200 pound pigs uh, and just carry them away like they were nothing exactly exactly um and then they make note that the creek just kind of like runs all around this property the, the folk countryside mm-hmm. and it spills out to like the sulfur river bottoms and then it's also like uh uh surrounded by like this densely thicketed land all around and that they've noticed that the creature mainly comes out at dusk um and it's been going on for like 15 years and they've deemed uh, or uh not deemed they've uh named it de- uh, denoted it at the uh falk monster um because that's where it's from and so, at first, the with the way their accents were, I thought they were saying the other F word. Oh. <laughs> like, hold well, on a now, second. I, I've got to rewind this year. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and there, uh, the the one, was it Fred Crabtree? He's like out by the by the creek and he's, he like kind of just sees it like washing its feet was his speculation. But he yeah. didn't want to shoot at it because he's like, what if it's a man and I shoot a human? Right. Yeah. Which I'm like, I would have taken that chance. So if you see something and it's washing its feet, then it, like, could it be just like a really hairy man, you know, washing? I, like a wild, that's what he was saying. It's like, yeah. it's just like a wild man that lives in the woods i don't i guess it could be i don't know how right. freakish though yeah, so like somebody then, with really long hair who's never gotten a haircut you know ever ever, ever yeah <laughs> ever um, <laughs> and then I, I i do like because this starts playing into like how just how small this community is because so that crab tree is the uncle of james crab tree um who um was out that evening and then he sees the creature just in plain sight and they kind of have that staring match and the creature just kind of slips away yeah now how many yeah. crab trees are in this? Well, there's like four right <laughs> there's a lot of crab trees <laughs> there is. i, I tried I mean, to keep that would, count 
that would make sense in a small community like this because they probably don't leave the community and they're mm-hmm. gonna like, you know, they'll populate it and then they'll get married. That would make sense, I would think, you know. Yeah, several um, generations. Right, right. Um, and then this is the one I believe. No, 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 no. This is the okay. <laughs> so then we get Mary Beth Cersei, who is there with her sister and the sister's baby and her mom, and they oh, have no yes. phone. Yeah. Okay. So I am not making fun of anybody at all, at all. But every single one of the properties that they live in does not seem safe to me remotely with like against a Bigfoot attack or anything or wind. Like it would just blow right over. Yeah, I was I had actually wrote written that down. Because I was going to bring that up, like these, the places where they're living are just, just like these dilapidated homes. They seem like shacks. Yeah. Like they're just kind of thrown up against like the elements almost. Right. Yeah. Like, cause they're going on, they don't have a phone. And I'm like, I'd be, I would have been more shocked if they had had a phone. Uh, cause this is like before cell phones. Like the, we're talking like the seventies people, you yeah. know, like I, there's no phone lines running to these little properties. Um, but she's out there gathering water from a well um, <laughs> in a galvanized bucket, which apparently you never want to drink from a galvanized bucket. Walt was pointing this out to me because you'll get all sorts of like illnesses, which I did not know this. But yeah, because he's like, I'm hoping to hell they're not drinking that water. <laughs> I don't think they worried about that in like 72. <laughs> I guess not. Um, but uh, so <laughs> there's so much about this that like I wanted to know more. But so. What we get is Mary Beth is reading by the fire. And then just to what it looks like to me, like three steps away is her sister in bed with the baby. Yes, that's what I thought as well. Like to me, there was just an open floor plan. Like there weren't rooms. I didn't think. Did you think there were rooms? It, it didn't look like, like it. Um, okay, the, there was an opening that I saw. Yeah. And you step through the opening. There was no door. There was just an opening. You step through and you're like in the room where the bed is. Right. Um, So uh, like, why didn't the woman and the baby sleep near the fire? If there's. Or how would they sleep with that fire? That was what my first thought was. It's so bright. How are they going to sleep? Hmm. You know, with the fire, I'm like, it's not dark. Yeah, but so there's a draft coming in from the window and the sister who I guess maybe her legs were removed or broken or eaten off by the Bigfoot because she's not going to get out of that bed. She wants Mary Beth to get up and take care of the draft. Right, right. Worried about the... And why is... Okay, I'm assuming that the window was not open because she says cover the window because there's a draft coming in to get the baby. So Yeah, I was just thinking it was just... Do they not have glass? No, I thought it was okay. So there's a lot I want to unpick with, this, with you. <laughs> I assumed it was just air coming in because it was just glass. Like there's no insulation. It was just glass. Yeah. So I think just put, and it wasn't a curtain. I. It looks like she just put up a white blanket. Yeah. It was like a sheet or a blanket or something. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. But so she's, she hears the request, but yet just continues to read. Mm-hmm. Which I, I too would have, because I'd been like, screw you. You had the baby. I'm reading. I've already gotten the well water. You know what? I, I'm not going to do this for you. But but she does manage to pick up the kitten and then put it outside for some reason. Yeah. What the hell's up with that? 
See, that, I don't know. That bothered me. That I I got angry yeah. at that part. Yeah, I I after this had started, I thought, oh, I should have warned Rob, but I didn't even remember about the kitten incident until it happened. I thought, oh no, poor Rob. Yeah, if um, she's not lazy enough to pick up the kitten and put it outside, why didn't she just like while she was still standing up? get something to cover the draft in the window with. I mean, but no, she's got to go back to reading. What I wanted her to be doing was reading Wuthering Heights. Oh, and her sister start reading it from the other bedroom word for word to what Mary Beth was reading, but no, we didn't get that. Yeah. That, that um, would have been quite the turn of events there, but no. So she goes to cover the window and then spies out in the yard, like the Bigfoot looking at her. You know, okay, I've got all kinds of questions about that. For one thing, all right, we're in the early 70s, uh and they're in very rural areas. There's no street lights. No. And I'm talking, I've been in Maine, okay, in in rural parts of Maine where they don't have, like, a lot of lights. And when it's dark, you can't see a thing. No, yeah, that was a large beam of light shooting out that window from the fireplace. Again, (laughs) I don't know how the mom and baby or the mother and baby are sleeping. But so she, well, okay. So also, when she's looking out, there's, like, a big chunk of one of the panes of glass missing. I'm like, yeah, that's where the draft is coming from. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Um but also, I'm not making, I'm not, but like, so there's only 350 people in the town. I imagine that the uh, the income of these people, I can't imagine is great. No, I. it doesn't look that good. There's not, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of jobs in that place. Let right, yeah, that exactly, exactly. That's, that's where I'm getting at with this. But anyway, so Mary Beth sees the creature, she passes out, she faints, which, you know, Causes her sister to arise. Uh, and the mom, apparently, the, like, so the mother of these two girls was also in the house somewhere. So she comes to the aid of Mary Beth. And so they were all like, you know, an uproar until morning. And then the little kitten was, of course, found scared to death outside. How you would know a kitten was scared to death, I don't know. But that was the diagnosis for the cats passing away. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, do, I just I don't see why they put that in there. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That that is one thing that just does not make a whole lot of sense and they just like for exposition there it was. Yeah. These all feel very much like campfire tales to me. They do. Like reenacted campfire tales like to to get kids <laughs> scared before you put them to bed right, right by the creek. <laughs> yeah. So there's a grain of truth but it's like handed down and oh, uh, added yes. to for generations. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so the next one we get the, I call them the whittler in the wind is that little boy and he's whittling, but it's so windy. I'm like all that salt, like all the sawdust would be going up in your eye. Um, but so he's like an avid hunter and he hears the dogs in the forest, like barking. So that means there's a deer out there. So he goes to grab his gun to go get that deer. Yeah. Cause um, every hunter knows that when, when the dogs are in an uproar, they don't miss like, what was it? They don't miss the chance to get a deer. Exactly. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And again, and I'm not making fun or it, but like the difference between this little boy's upbringing and little fat Mark's upbringing night and day. Yeah. I I would not have run to go outside for any reason. I would have run back to my bedroom to avoid going out in the sun. (laughs) I was not an outdoors kid at all, let alone shoot and kill something, you know, but no. Um, but so what it, what he does is he doesn't spy a deer, but he does come face to face with the creature. 
and fires two shots at it, by the way. Yeah. And, and that's how the, uh, okay. That was what got the town kind of in an uproar. And they were like, there was a blood trail to follow or something because it was, yeah. Hit. Yeah. And they, wounded yeah. It. yeah. And he also broke some saplings in his anger, apparently. <laughs> so that's when they decide, right. They decide to organize a hunt. Um, <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to say this. I, I know. I think I have a feeling of what you're going to start talking about. And it was like, I don't know if I should say anything. I'm curious if you should, what are you going to say? I, what are you going to say? Well, I was just picturing like <laughs> some real, <laughs> I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I can't. Okay. So it's I, so horrible. It, it's really bad. Oh, so I don't think, okay. So as these men were gathering, <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I, this is like, uh, like a revelation came over me and I'm like, I wonder if this is where my attraction to these types of men came from. Oh, okay. So you went in a completely different direction than I was. Yeah, because I think it's so deep rooted in me. And I'm like, did this come from the legend of Boggy Creek? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so I remember thinking that there were some kind of attractive huntsmen uh, organizing a... uh, (laughs) Hunting party to go after Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> That's probably not where you were going. No, I, I was, was wondering. I was going off had, to a very dark place. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you had thought uh, that about me watching this. That's why I wanted to see if <laughs> you had that look into my psyche. Oh, no, no. I <laughs> honestly, um, it reminded me of like, um, Deliverance? Yes, Deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> how, how the hell do you know what I'm thinking? That's weird. Because it does have that. So, I mean, in the 70s was that time where they focused in on very much the others. And people from the South really fit into that, the others, because mm. people didn't really have an exposure to that. And so many like genre, like horror films played into that, like oh, they're backwards and they're so different and they're not educated and they'll yeah. turn on you and they hate the city folk and blah, 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 which is not true. Um, but yeah, I totally get that. I totally see what you're- And like where, I where came up think on that. that. So it was like a lot of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a lot of like the hills have eyes, wrong mm-hmm. turn, you know, that kind of thing where it's right. just like- these... Rituals and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then- uh, they even brought dogs in from Tennessee that were like known for their hunting skills. Uh, and they mentioned the sour pig pen smell of the animal, which I'm like, you know, screw you. Like he can't, he was doing his best to bathe earlier and you gave him <laughs> shit for it. So, you know, let him alone. He wanted um, to wash his feet and you just shot him up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I wrote down, there's lots of plaid, lots of guns, lots of smoking and lots of dogs. Um, all in one place. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, there there was a lot of plaid, wasn't there? There was a lot of plaid. Um, And then like some of them like did this on foot and some went off on horseback to search for the 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 uh, creature that's walking about. Mm. Um, 
I wish I could show you my notes because to save time, instead of writing creature, I just drew basically an upside down with two dots and a little smile. And that's my creature. <laughs> so all through my notes, there's this little drawing of a creature. Hey, that's um, a, your very own style of shorthand right there. <laughs> right, right. But the one guy on the horse uh, gets, the horse gets spooked and the guy like actually falls off, which Walt was quick to point out that the man was not an actor. So he actually got flung from the horse, which could have really been dangerous, but. That's got to hurt. He did, it, he did it for the picture and $1,000. And $1,000, um, <laughs> which was probably a whole lot of money at that time. And not making fun, but again, for these people, what was $1,000 like? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? That would have probably like, got them food for a whole year, I think. Or bought like a nicer non-galvanized bucket for the well. <laughs> right. You know, or fix that broken window. Um, or bought curtains, you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so they also mentioned the dogs were so spooked that they wouldn't even follow um, the scent of the the, uh, the creature, the beast wandering about. Mm -hmm. um, but they did denote that when they used the call of a wounded rabbit, that they got a response from the poor creature out there. Okay, I must have checked out at that part because I don't remember that. Yeah, but it, the the uh, they just everyone involved refused to retreat deeper into the woods. They were all just kind of spooked by it. But this altercation is where they, the narrator denotes a change in the, the beast's behavior. It was docile at first. And now it almost seems like, uh, well, it was eight years before they saw anything after this, but when it comes back, it comes back more agitated. It seems it comes back like with a vengeance. Yeah. Like at first it came back to, um, well, from what the narrator was saying, it came back to like, try and make a connection with the, the humans, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, now, and then when oh, that didn't happen, it just got really destructive. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> this is the point in the film where we get our first song. Oh, the Crabtree song, right? <laughs> I uh, know before that, this is the oh. one, like the, the montage with all the like forest creatures and stuff. It's, oh, I thought that was in the beginning. <laughs> no, this is like in the middle. It's just got a couple oh. verses. It's just, it's so, I don't know what, I love it, but it's so odd. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> I thought it was that goofy crab tree song. <laughs> no, that's coming up soon though. Um, now, is it goofy or are you jealous because another grown man has not written a song about you? No, it's just goofy. I would not want that song written about me. Okay. Um, now, if it were me, I'd make damn sure that that song played before I entered any room for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so... So this is where the uh, narrator is talking about, like you just said, like, you know, uh, he talks about the seasons of past and that the creature's just lonely. Yeah. Um, and that the uh, Falk boys uh, have now um, they they refrain from camping, but they're getting braver now and they're going to they go back into the woods. And this is where we get Travis's Travis's Travis Crabtree's song about him. <laughs> um, and we get the montage. And then in big letters, I just wrote down ticks because. When I see forestry like that, I just see ticks and I can't handle it. Do you think they had their own? Because I'm sure that they got plenty of ticks. Like they probably had oh their, my their own recipe for removing ticks. 
I don't, uh, I don't, I can't <laughs> handle it. But then this is where we get that Travis goes to visit Herb Jones, who's a recluse of yep. 20 years. And he lives in this. What What the hell would, what you, would call you call that? it? It did not have a front door. It had like just a flap. Yeah. It was like an ice fisherman's kind of uh, box. Yeah. And he lives in the bottoms. And then Travis brings him like tobacco and supplies and wine and stuff like that. Um and so this guy's so far out that it's basically like 14 miles away from town by boat. Oh, wow. He, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And he's like, he lives on basically the catfish that he catches. Uh, but now he does not believe that there's a creature out there, which feeds into Walt's theory that he blew his foot off and he's only got three toes <laughs> and that he's the man who's been doing all this stuff. Um He's an interesting character. And how did Travis and him like even like I'd be afraid of a recluse, to be honest with you. Yeah, like most people are. They they tend to stay away from recluse and the recluse people kind of like it that way. Yeah, I, like I, I almost want to know more about their relationship. Like, how did they meet? And like I don't know. I just not in a creepy way. I just wanted to know more like because I thought that might be a kind of an interesting story, but we don't get any more of that. Um, then we get the night scene with the, uh, two couple or the couple, the couple uh, in the car and they swerve. Yeah. To what avoid was, it. Like, like the, I don't even understand the point of that being thrown in there. I think it was like, he's back with a vengeance. Oh, okay. Because yeah, that was the first and last time we saw of these two people in a car. And then it was just like, it, you know, that the thing kept it. moving. It was like, what the, what was the point of that? That was it. And then we see the creatures now chasing chickens. He's a chicken chaser. He's chicken. Is he going to choke those chickens? <laughs> More than likely. Or did he just want the company of a good chicken? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then so we get the creature vision, which I, any movie that gives me creature vision, I love. Uh, now the creature's back. And then we see the headline in the paper is the return of the Falk monster. Mm. And um, now dead animals are being blamed on the creature. Um, yeah, like even if the dead animals weren't killed by the creature there. And what's up with all those pelts that they showed like as dead animals? Did you see right. all that? Yeah, I think, again, no budget. So no budget. Um, they're doing the best that they can. <laughs> um, and then they get. Uh, well, who's it? The gentleman from um, was it O.H. Kennedy? And he's uh, like an expert kind of. And he's wondering if it's like a Sasquatch. Um, and this is where they find the prince uh, in the field. Yeah. And and they're like speculation that it might be a gorilla. And they're like, no. And then like, well, what about an orangutan? And they're like, no, because like to me, if it's not a gorilla, it's not going to be an orangutan. Right. Because like neither of them have three toes. Right. But they're, they're speculation because of the coloring. They're saying that which nowhere throughout the film has this beast been reddish brown. He's been kind of blackish gray. Would you not agree? Right. Yeah. They, I don't know where they came up with the brown because it. Every yeah. in every instance that we saw of this creature, it was like a dark black kind of hair. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, people have seen it and said it's been reddish brown, which I'm like, what? Okay, but anyway, so this one gentleman who works the field is saying that he's never actually seen and he just saw the track. But when he does work out there, he's heard weird things and he always feels like he's being watched. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bean field that he works. Um, and again, they're really driving home that the creature uses the creek as means to travel. Yeah. And like, is it an, bleh, I can't even speak. Is it an aquatic 
creature because it's like as a means of transportation they're like you know they're really putting that in that oh the it's the goes by way of the creek like does it live see, under the creek or something see i think he's in my mind he's just traveling like the water covers its prints its tracks that's what i'm taking it not like he swims or anything oh okay yeah yeah i was trying <laughs> to figure that out i'm like why does it he's go got, he's, got, he's got a bitchin' boat. Does it constantly have to wash his feet? I mean, <laughs> his feet are so filthy. Um, now, this is another one. Like, I love this scene so much. It's the three girls having like the what they call it, like a bunkin party. Which oh, is yeah, a bunkin over. party. <laughs> I love these girls. It's Bessie and her two friends. Like, and they've decided to like do each other's hair with the biggest rollers they could find. And they're they're talking about uh, the schools like the Texarkana versus uh whatever school that they go to and like yeah something like that just girl talk like it's total girl talk yeah. it's total girl talk and then they hear the one hears something outside and they at first they think it's the boys but they're like no they couldn't be the boys because like playing games on them but it couldn't be the boys because they're like it's a game or something like that the big game yeah um so- <laughs> I love this the, the part where they see or one of them sees the creature and again it's pitch black outside oh right exactly exactly um but they also have coke to, oh to, yeah to calm their nerves or is it <laughs> and oh, not the, not the drug they just open bottles of coke i was to just gonna nerves. ask was that was it coke or was it actual coke yeah no they just opened some coke but they actually but, but there's a gun in the in the property, but they like drop the bullets everywhere. So that's of no use to them. And why does it take um, three little girls to load a gun? Yeah, no, I just love it so much. Um, <laughs> I just love it so much. Uh, now, did you ever hear the theory that like Bigfoot's attracted to menstruation? Have you ever heard this? I've heard something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I always like, well, like in cases like this, I'm like, is he drawn to this because were the girls menstruating? Cause you know, you, they, they, they could fall in sync and stuff like that. So I'm like, did that draw him to these girls? Hmm. We'll never know because they didn't mention that. All right. Um, and then, so we get, you know, the moonlight scene with, I think it's like a, a, a Char- Charlie Walry, but like he never believed in this Bigfoot creature until he saw it with his own eyes crossing the road before his car. Right. He was driving, like driving home. And like, if he had been home, they said it would have been a different story. Like there would have been a fatality or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, now, and just real quick too, with the girls, they're in a trailer. And to me, a trailer never seems like another good option to like withstand a Bigfoot attack. I just want to point that out too. Trailers just seemed like he could flip you over and rip you out. And didn't it seem like when they were frantic trying to load that rifle, did it seem like the walls were shaking? Yeah, I think he was shaking it, I think. Okay, yeah. To me, yeah. Um, So now this... I, we're ramp, we're like ramping up the like tension and, and like the tension I'm using my little air quotes is like ramping up with the creature yeah. becoming more and more agitated. So the next one has these two couples um, and they're moving into this, like they're renting a home and they're moving in together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Charles and Ann Turner and they have one child. And then we have Don and Sue Ford and they have one child. And then Don and Ann are siblings, their brother, sister. And both of the men work nights. So, of course, the women are like, hey, you know, we can that we were not alone at night and we can, you know, have each other for company. We got each other's backs while the men are off working. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, Walt like quickly pointed out that there'd be no men working at a ranch at night. So there's clearly <laughs> back action going on. But I think there were factory workers. I don't think they were ever mentioned they worked on a ranch. I think Walt just went there immediately. Yeah, I think well, they were. I think they worked nights at some kind of place. Yeah, anyway. I don't think there's any broke back action going on <laughs> out there in Boggy Creek. Um, like some some needs just can't be fulfilled by a woman. Right. <laughs> but so, again, the house they're staying in. Not making fun of, but it looked like it was built upon by all different sorts of like, uh, it looked like shingles and then wood yeah. and then like just whatever they could find, like Jerry rigged the house. It was on it stilts. This, yeah. Stilts. It was on stilts. It had like this weird kind of wraparound porch mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the one mother here, someone like um, trying the door basically like walking around outside and then trying the doorknob. Oh, and she in. puts uh, she puts a chair under the door. Yeah, right? and then of course I wrote down: Are they menstruating? Are they menstruating? <laughs> um, so the two of them get the bright idea: We're going to book it out of here and go get the landlord to come check this place out. So the landlord comes back, and wasn't he, that know, an odd cut? Like you see them running out of the house, and then all of a sudden you see a car pulling up. Yeah, it's like the landlord. I, it was just like a super fast cut. Well, I immediately thought it was Mrs. Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> that would have been something. That would have been amazing. I would have loved that so much. But yeah, like, because then the next scene, it's like he brought them back from somewhere. Right, right. So did they like run all the way to the landlord's house? Like how far away was it? And then he I drove don't, them back? I, I do not know. But anyway, so he's he's checked the property out. I think, didn't he leave them with a gun? I think. Um. Hmm. Oh no. No, the gun comes later. No, yeah, no the he gun just comes checks later, it out. Yeah. yeah, he just checks it out, and everything's okay. And he, he he's very nice. He's like, "You want to come stay with me?" And they're like, "No, we'll stay here." He's um, like, "I'm going to wait till you get in the house, and then I'll take off." <laughs> yeah. So then the next day, we Bobby, got. Uh, oh yeah, Bobby, Bobby and his brother. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Fort. No, it's not his brother. Bobby is the brother of. I so, thought it was the those two, the two youngest ones were siblings, so they're not. No. Okay. No, because I want to talk to you about that. So Bobby Ford. So his last name is Ford. So he would be the sibling of Don, the husband of Sue. Okay. And Ann. So Don and Ann are brother and sister. They're the ones that are like renting. Okay. Yep. So Bobby is the younger brother of those two. So who was that little kid? Chucky Hill. And why Chucky Hill is with this much older man, I do not know. So who is he? Like, what relation does he have to any of these people? They said family friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to that. I thought that those two were brothers. No, no, it says family. So I'm like, is Bobby like... Because back in the 70s, I don't think you got, I don't know. So it was like Bobby, like maybe dating Chucky's mom. And so he's like, I could take Chucky for the weekend. Or were they just like neighbors? He's like, I'm going to go fishing. And like, you know, Chucky's mom's like, oh, he never gets to go fishing. Take Chucky. But for any reason, Chucky's there with him, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, he had a weird scar in his face, too. He must have gotten into an accident as a kid. I don't know. But anyway, so they decide to go fishing. And that's where Chucky spies the three-toed footprint in the mud. Yeah. And then Bobby poo-poos it that it's not a footprint because it only has three toes. <laughs> um, so the two head back and we see on the clock that it's nine, like 9.07 p.m. 
So Bobby's on the couch and Chucky's on the floor. Yeah. And so I guess the girls are like in their respective bedrooms with their kids. Yeah, they would have to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. So outside we get our creature again and the two on the, you know, uh, Bobby and Chuck or Bob and Chucky hear noises outside. So Chuck goes to get Annie and Sue. And then that's where the one says, it's back. <laughs> it's back. Yeah. And did you notice, and I'm sure you did, um, the eyes, the close up of the eyes, like, like six or seven different times. Oh, it's like a Fulci film. Yes, I thought we were in a Fulci film for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So I didn't. Yeah, I'm like Rob's going to say it's a Fulci film. Yeah, which would have also been great if Pamela Voorhees would have shown up and then Fulci would have taken over from that. <laughs> oh man, because it, it's almost as though the the person making the film like loved that woman's eyes and also loved Bobby's eyes as well because like those <laughs> well. were the only two that got eye close-ups. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but just then, so the creature's back, but just then a car pulls up and it's um, Don and Charles. The husbands have come back. So everyone's freaking out. Yep. And, um, you know, it's like two times in two nights. This is this is horrible. This is awful. So um, the two go to the landlords to get a gun. The two the two men. Yeah. And doesn't so, Bobby go with them? Um, or no, wait, no, no. Bobby goes with one of them, but somebody stays behind, I think. Well, so when later, that's when the hairy arm reaches in through the window. Right. Okay. Okay. And then the three men go out with the gun to investigate and they shoot at the creature, <laughs> which is <laughs> like, shoot him, shoot him. Yeah. They're bad. <laughs> now they are not worried if it might be a man. They don't give a damn. Right. So the two guys go for the sheriff and then the constable um, comes back and that's where he spies that little tin part underneath the house. that has been kind of like removed. Yeah. It's been ripped off. And he's like, Oh, it's just a Panther and it's cub that's been living under here. Like how the hell does a Panther get under the porch? I know. And then he just leaves them a gun. He's yeah. Like, well, here, just take this gun. Um, and that's when the one, the one why she's like a panther into the house and someone's trying to break in. I'm like, yeah, you picked a really bad house to rent. People. That's a bit much, isn't it? Right. But you know so what? Then, I was wondering the whole time. It's like, how did that arm reach through the window? Because the window wasn't open. But then when we got to that part where the men are on the porch shooting at the creature, I see like a, a little piece of the window pane has been broken. Or, or yeah. like a, a shard of glass. You could just like reach a hand through there. Yeah, it's a pretty not nice. None of these houses are. Uh, they're not up very, to code. They're not well maintained. Exactly. They're not up to code. They're yeah. just, you're just you're paying for something over your head and and maybe four walls. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's what you're that's what you're paying for. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so Bobby, the one who's visiting, decides that he's. Got to go to the bathroom. Oh, this is great. Like he got he got the crap scared back into him. Oh, exactly. So he's on the toilet and the creature reaches through the window while he's on the toilet. Yeah. It breaks through this like there was only a thin screen on there, right? Yeah, right, right. It just reaches in. <laughs> I love it so much. He's like, um, I was only trying to hand you some toilet paper, man. Well, see, Walt's theory was 
that he the creature was actually lonely and he's striking out with females, so he's just opening up his horizons. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so now the three men are back outside with guns, uh, and they're just opening fire. And I love the scenes with the women and the kids, and they're just screaming at the window. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's why are they yelling? Yes. No, it's so funny. So the three men go like out, like because there's woods basically surrounding the property and they go out to investigate. And then Bobby goes back. They send Bobby to go back and take care of the girls. And that's when he's attacked by a man in a gorilla suit. It's got Bobby. (laughs) And he's just thrown through the front door. Oh man. Like that door must've been just made of like the thinnest wood possible. (laughs) But in honesty, I don't think it was because of the stunt. I think that was probably the real door on the house. It looked like it was the real door, like just a yeah, very thin piece of wood. What, yeah. yeah, I think that's what was that was just par for the course for the property they were living. Particle it was wood, that, you know. Oh, yeah, that balsa wood that they make like paper or uh, those airplanes that you can yeah. find in Boy Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good luck keeping anybody out of that. Exactly. Mosquitoes, if there's more than 10, they just break it down. <laughs> um so he's in a state of shock and then the uh the police authorities basically like give him an escort to the hospital and then the authority the uh the doctor actually confirms that he is indeed in a, a state of shock. Uh I love that when the, the nurses and everything by his side. Um so then there's speculation what did that creature want so desperately inside the house? Yeah. And we may never know. We will never know, I don't think. Um, but it seemed to be um, approaching girls more often than it approached guys, which was like it falls in line with your theory that, you know, menstruation. I think so. And then now we get the flashback to the narrator and he's driving back to his old rundown home. And uh, he says some people may not believe the story. You know, they may think it's a hoax, but, you know, always keep an eye on the dark woods. And uh, because he believes that the creature is still here. And sometimes you hear strange, unexplained noises in the night and you get the sunset and the creature growls and you get a song. (laughs) And I love the sound effect that they use for like the howl of the creature. Yeah. It's kind of like a growl howl. Yeah. It sounds like an animal being hurt. It does. Yeah. Like, do you mean like physically or more heartbreak? Maybe a little bit of both. Oh, poor creature. Um, and so that, my dear friends, is the legend of Boggy Creek as told through the eyes of the Midnight Mass Creature fans. <laughs> yes. We hope that we provided uh, much entertainment for you today. Yeah. And we, I hope we did not let Tim down. I hope this was what Tim wanted from the Midnight Mass Creature fans. So, Bobby. Yes, sir. Did you enjoy it at all? I did. But as I said, like this now, this is all on me. <clears throat> In uh, my difficulty staying engaged with things, um, so, because with certain movies, it's just if it doesn't capture my attention right away, it's very hard. So, like this is not uh, this is nothing against the film itself. It's all on me. Um, but I did watch the entire thing, and I took my notes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I would say that I enjoyed it. Excuse me. I did it, especially around the end parts where, (laughs) where, you know, (laughs) the beast is just like making more and more contact with humans. 
He's just um, so darn mad. Yeah. He's lonely, he's mad, and he's not going to take it anymore. Anymore. Now, would you recommend this to anybody in the world? Um, that's where it's it becomes kind of an iffy situation because I would recommend it to maybe not horror fans, but I would recommend it to people who are into like documentaries about cryptids and uh, into, you know, cryptids and the paranormal, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I would recommend it to people who are straight into horror because this is rated G. It is a G rated horror film that it is. Yeah. Which I love because if you saw, if you showed it to the right demographic, you could scar so many people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you get the right group of kindergartners and you made an impact. Holy shit, they'll never go in the woods again. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, I wonder if kindergartners would even sit through this. Uh, kindergartners of today would probably not. No, yeah, I, I don't think you could get a young child probably sit through this i don't think um i'd like to think that i could get my grandchildren to sit through this because they're my grandchildren if that makes sense um so they they they, got your dna yeah 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 and my and and my yeah and my and my son's dna because he's a huge cryptid fan he has a bigfoot tattoo that goes across his back oh um that's a big tattoo yeah so um but yeah, now I am not an idiot. I, I I love this film. I love this film so, so much. I know what the film is, uh, but I love it. I love it so much. But I do love films like this. I mean, it, it checks off all my sweet spots. Um, I also know that like not everyone loves these kinds of films. So I couldn't recommend it to tons of people. But for the right person, you would like eat this thing up. Um, if you're into cryptids, uh, and you're not wanting wall-to-wall action, mm-hmm. um, you would enjoy. To me, honestly, this probably feels closer to what like a Bigfoot hunt would be like. <laughs> yeah, pro- like the actuality of a Bigfoot hunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does kind of, uh, in a weird way, fall into the found footage horror thing, you know, uh, it, it does like, like I think films like, like I mentioned before, like last broadcast and things like that mm-hmm. kind of owes a little bit to this kind of movie, you know, cause this was kind of what started it. If you go back. Um, yeah. Like it started the, the, uh, the, the cryptozoological uh, kind of thing because there was no such thing before this movie came out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're into book, uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch and, you know, Yetis and that kind of thing, it's it's a fun entry into that. I think it is slow. I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. I mean, um, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I know there are some people that that's like, you know, the kiss of death. Um, and that's I mean, everyone has their own, you know, uh, spin on things. I've never been opposed to a, a, a slow paced film. I I as a viewer don't have to have like a. Uh, like a fast paced, like, you know, wall to wall action to, to keep me engaged. That's just me as a viewer. Um, I think maybe because I grew up with things like this. So I was, uh, uh, more in tune with it. Cause that's, I mean, that's 70 films were like this, you know, sixties films were like this, um, a lot, you know? Um, so that doesn't bother me, but, uh, yeah, for the right person, I think they would enjoy this. Uh, it is G rated. So if you do have, 
you know, youngsters that are like, you know, kind of into this kind of thing, they might, you know, get a kick out of it or they play for a little bit and then watch like the creature, you know, the arm, the hairy arm attacks. Yeah. Uh, that and then, kind of and then thing. they want, want to sleep next to you at night or something because they're afraid that an arm's going to come through the window. Exactly. Or right before you go on a camping trip, show this to them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell them, tell them the exorcist lives in the toilet, you know? <laughs> right. And then we're going to watch this and go camping boys and girls. Um, but yeah, so I, for what it is, I thoroughly enjoyed. I, I highly recommend it to the right viewer. Um, there's a, I, I think it's called Extinct. Um, boy, it. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, I'll have to dig in a little bit more. Um, but the one I'm thinking of, it, it's a, it is a Bigfoot movie, and it is wall to wall bigfoot action and it is done very well and it's horrifying and creepy and scary and gory i'll have to look into it i'll i'll uh, maybe fill people in on that on the next episode i'll do some more looking into that but uh yeah it's a good one um but yeah so um now i forgot to ask you about this rob but i'm pretty sure we're on board with this um, our next one is going to be Videodrome. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, that's also a listener request. We're going to be doing Videodrome. Oh, that was um, a request too. I, I thought that was your yeah. request. No, this was a, a video one. So it's okay. David Cronenberg's uh, Debbie Harry starring uh, uh, Videodrome. And is she singing uh, Call Me in it? I wish, but no. <laughs> um, I do I do so love uh, Debbie Harry of Blondie. Love uh, so Blondie. we're going to be doing that next. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. Um, and. So if you'd like to, again, get in touch with us, as um, Tim has done, um, you can do so via Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I'm always open for suggestions, comments, anything like that, photos, inappropriate or otherwise. <laughs> uh, and then Rob, you yes, handle sir. the other end of things. That's right. You can contact us on the old Gmail account. That's mmccpod at gmail.com. And we always thank you for sticking along with us uh, because the more the scarier. That's right. And until next time, we hope that you stay spooky. Spooky.